Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. You are listening to a sermon series on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Our Bible reading is from John chapter 16 and from verse, verse 19 all the way through to verse 24. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more, but then after a little while you will see me. I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief. But I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I will tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. The most profound sense of joy that I've ever experienced was when Naomi was born. There was just, there's just an unspeakable joy at the birth of a child that just simply overwhelms you. It overwhelms all your, the pain and the agony of the birth. It overwhelms all your fears and anxieties. It's just this profound sense of joy. Now admittedly I speak from second hand experience, but I'm pretty sure that the pain didn't just disappear for Victoria. The pain was still there, but there's this profound sense of joy that just overwhelms it. When I left hospital that day, there was absolutely nothing that could quench my joy. There were still all the pressures of life, all the anxieties of life, plus the added stress of looking after a baby, something that I felt totally unqualified for. But nothing could quench my joy. I mean, I could have had a parking ticket. My car could have been towed away. I mean, it would have been frustrating. I would have been irritated. But even that couldn't quench the joy of becoming a father and seeing your baby born. And this is the kind of joy that a Christian should have. This constant and unquenchable joy. This is the very characteristic of being a Christian is joy. For one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. Now most of us probably wouldn't describe ourselves as being joyful all the time. There are a lot of pressures and anxieties and stresses in life that get us down. And you've probably come here this morning not feeling, maybe not feeling all that joyful. And now I'm telling you that you need to be joyful. And so now you start feeling guilty that you're not feeling joyful. I mean, you came here not feeling great, but now you feel miserable. You see, it's easy to to be filled with joy when there's a birth, when you get a promotion, when you're on holiday, when you get the latest iPhone. When the South African rugby team wins, 
But it quickly evaporates when you're changing nappies, you're working long hours, you're stuck in an airport, your phone freezes, and South Africa loses. And it's very difficult to be joyful when your health is fading, you lose your job, you're facing financial difficulties, and a loved one is suffering. So what exactly is this joy that a Christian should have? And, and where does this joy come from? Now joy, all joy, comes from something that has happened. You get a promotion. You win some money. You, you've bought the latest thing. Or someone gives you a gift. And suddenly you become full of joy. Something has happened. Likewise for a Christian, our joy comes from something that has happened. It comes from the resurrection of Jesus. Let's have a look at our passage from John chapter 16. Uh, we're looking at verses 21 and verse 22. Now just to give you the context, Jesus is about to die. Jesus is just about to be betrayed, arrested, falsely accused, flogged, and then crucified. And Jesus knows this is about to happen. So he, he's speaking to his disciples and he says to them, A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when the baby is born, she forgets the anguish because her joy that a child is born in the world. So with you, now is your time of grief because Jesus is about to die. But I will see you again, referring to Jesus' resurrection, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. Jesus' death and resurrection is the source of their joy, and it's the source of our joy. Why? Well, firstly, the death and resurrection demonstrates God's love for us. You see, we will never experience complete joy, fullness of joy, until we see Jesus face to face. But even now, we can experience a profound joy from knowing that God loves us, God cares for us, God is committed to us, and God forgives us. God loves us so much that He was prepared to die for us. And this love and this forgiveness of God isn't dependent on how good we are, how sorted we are, how spiritual we are, or even how happy we are. It's only dependent on how good He is. And He demonstrates His love for us. By dying and rising. You see, it, it's, it's knowing that we're forgiven. It's knowing that our Father in heaven loves us and cares for us and is committed to us. That it fills us with a profound sense of joy. It's the joy of salvation. Secondly, the resurrection gives us a sure and a certain hope of experience eternal life and of seeing Jesus face to face. You see, death has been defeated. And then we will experience the fullness of joy. 
There will be no more pain and suffering. There will be no more mourning and crying. There will be no more death. We'll experience the fullness of joy. You see, the, the opposite of Christian joy is not sadness. The opposite of Christian joy is hopelessness and despair. We can be filled with joy even in the midst of trials and difficulties because we have a sure and a certain hope that things will work out ultimately. All will be well. All will be well. Thirdly, the resurrection gives us a constant joy. Jesus says you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. No one will take away your joy. No one can rob you of joy. You see, all, all other joy is temporary and fleeting. It's dependent on favorable circumstances, the weather, uh, the, the, the stock markets, your health. One minute your sports team's winning, the next day losing. And so your joy fluctuates. But a Christian joy never fluctuates because it's based on the resurrection and that's a fact and nothing can change that. Circumstances may change, but God will never change. Stock markets are fluctuating, but God's love never fluctuates. Your health is fleeting, but your hope is eternal. You see, that's why the early Christians could go to the lions singing hymns. They were about to be tortured and killed, but they were singing hymns. Why? Because they knew they had been forgiven. They knew that God loved them and nothing could rob them from that love, not even death. For they had an eternal hope that was far greater than any suffering. And so even in the midst of trials and suffering, they were able to experience a profound joy. You see, Christian joy, we need to understand this, Christian joy coexists with suffering. Jesus says, speaking of the, the woman giving birth, she, he says, she forgets the anguish. Pain doesn't disappear. The pain is still there. But she forgets it. Why? Because of her joy that the child is born. Pain and joy coexisting. Christian joy doesn't mean there is an absence of trials and tribulations. Christian joy coexists with trials. See, many people think when you become a Christian, when you put your faith in Jesus, suddenly all your problems disappear and life becomes easy, life becomes great. Nothing could be further from the truth. For Jesus says, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. He calls us to share in his suffering. But he also calls us to share in his joy. Joy and suffering coexisting. Therefore, we, I mean, we will experience trials and tribulations and difficulties within life. And when we do, we should never feel guilty. We should never think, oh, oh, I shouldn't be sad. I shouldn't be mourning. I'm a Christian. 
No. That is very unhelpful. That is dishonest. That's dangerous. Jesus never did that either. Jesus didn't say while he was hanging up on the cross, I'm not going to let this get to me. No. We told that Jesus was a man of sorrow. But we also told in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 that Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. Joy and suffering coexisting. And therefore we should never feel guilty if we're feeling down and upset. But we are still called to experience a profound sense of joy. Not a happy, happy all the time, but a profound sense of joy, even in the midst of difficulties. For example, Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Paul was writing from a Roman prison. He was suffering. He didn't know if he was going to be executed or not. But yet he has a profound sense of joy that comes from being in the Lord. Knowing that he's forgiven. Knowing that God loves him. Knowing that God cares for him. And having an internal hope. And therefore, even in the midst of suffering and difficulty, he has a joy that overwhelms him. Do you know that joy? That joy that overwhelms you. That supernatural joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. That profound sense of joy even in the midst of trouble. Our problem is we forget. We wake up in the morning and we forget all that God has done for us. We have a tendency just to forget. We get so caught up on on the things that we are anxious about, the things that we are stressed about, the things that we are grumbling about, that we, we forget what God has done for us. And although no one can rob us of this joy, we seem to rob ourselves of this joy. There are two kinds of people that I don't want to be. I don't want to be the kind of person that wears a mask, that pretends to be joyful all the time, happy-go-lucky, while on the inside, I have very different feelings. That's just inauthentic. That's dangerous. I don't want to be that person. But I also don't want to be the person that's always dour, that is always complaining, that is always negative, that is always wallowing in self-pity. I don't want to be that person either. I want to be the person that has a very profound sense of joy that comes from the Holy Spirit, but in an authentic and real way. How can we have that? How can we experience that? Let's have a look at another passage. John chapter 15 in verses 9 to 13. Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remained in His love. I have told you this, 
so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. Firstly, take note that in verse 11, Jesus says that he wants his joy in us. Now, of course, Jesus identifies with us in our suffering. Jesus experienced pain on the cross. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. But he always had this profound and and overwhelming, unquenchable joy. He takes great delight in creation. He takes great delight in you. It's not often the picture we have of God. We sometimes picture God hovering above the 16th chapel with his finger pointed out at Adam, something like this. Not very joyful. But it's an essential characteristic of God is joy. You see, the fruit of the Spirit is the very essence of the nature of Jesus. It's joy. And Jesus says He wants us to have this joy. He wants us to have His joy in us. And He wants our joy to be complete. In other words, He wants us to experience the fullness of joy in our life. How do we do this? Well, Jesus says two things. Remain in my love. Keep my commands. Firstly, Keeping the commands of Jesus. What is the command of Jesus? Well, Jesus tells us in verse 12. He says, My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life or one's friend. Now, I looked at a lot of dictionaries uh, and, and they define joy as being an emotion that comes from good fortune, from well-being, from success, from getting what you desire. Yeah, what we discover over here is that real joy comes from giving. Real joy comes from having a complete reorientation in your life, being less focused on yourself and more focused on the other, sacrificing your own desires so that you can love and serve others. I didn't find that definition in any dictionary. But just ask any parent. And they would tell you of the joy they get from loving and serving their children. I can remember when I was still in South Africa, I had the opportunity to hand out the Christmas shoebox for Samaritan's Purse. We went to some very rural parts of South Africa and we would would give these shoeboxes to these little kids. And I'll never forget it. When they received the shoebox, there was, like, first of all, they were total disbelief. They would just hold the shoebox and look at it. They couldn't couldn't comprehend that this this was for them. And then slowly the the realization would sink in that this is mine. This is for me. And suddenly this huge smile would come on their face and they would spontaneously break into celebration. Seeing the delight in those children's faces gave us far more joy than the latest PlayStation or the latest iPhone or whatever else we got for Christmas. There's a great joy in giving. 
That's why I believe Jesus, it, it says that Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. Why? Because he was doing it for us. He was dying for us. And therefore gave him great joy. You want more joy in your life? Start loving others and serving others. Why don't you, you go and visit someone who's lonely? Go to a nursing home or go visit their house or do the mowing for someone's lawn who, who they can't do it for themselves. Send someone a note. Give them a gift. Become less focused on yourself and more focused on others. Secondly, we need to remain in the love of Jesus. If you want more joy in your life, remain in the love of Jesus. How do we do that? Well, we need to develop and maintain a personal relationship with Jesus. We need to constantly remind ourselves of how much God loves us, that He loves us so much that He was prepared to die for us. That there is absolutely nothing we can do, nor, nor could do, to earn that love. That God loves us because He loves us. Because He loves us. And we, we mustn't just remind ourselves of that love, but we actually need to receive that love and experience that love. Because when we do, it leads to great joy. How do we do that practically? How do we practically receive that love? Well, we need to read our Bible. We need to pray. And we need to worship regularly. We need to gather together as we are this morning to worship together, to take communion together, to encourage one another. We need to fall in love with God again and again. We need to become captivated by Jesus. We need to be in awe of Jesus. Because in doing so, we allow the love of God, the forgiveness of God, and the compassion of God to start to transform us. Sometimes, the reason why we don't experience joy in our life is simply because we take the love of God for granted. We forget that Jesus died on the cross for us because He loves us. And when we read the Gospels and when we pray and when we worship, we become captivated by Jesus and His love pours into us and it transforms us. And it leads to a very profound sense of joy. Do you need the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh with joy? John Wesley, uh, an Anglican priest and the founder of the Methodist movement, went to America as a missionary and ended up becoming a burnt-out case. He returned home to London, defeated, disillusioned, and depressed. One evening, he went into a small prayer meeting in Aldersgate Street, London. It was about nine o'clock in the evening when whilst they were praying and while someone was reading from the New Testament book of Romans that all of a sudden something happened and he writes in his diary that suddenly his heart grew strangely warm in the midst of heartache he suddenly had a profound sense of joy that came from the Holy Spirit 
Do you need that fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit? Do you need the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh with joy? Let's pray. Let's just remain still in a, in a moment in, of prayer. And I want you in the moment of prayer just to allow God by His Holy Spirit to minister to you. And allow God to point out to you what is preventing you from experiencing joy. What is robbing you of joy. And then in the quietness of your heart, hand that over to God. Hand it over to Him. Cast your burdens upon Him, for He cares. And then ask God by His Holy Spirit to fill you afresh with a very profound sense of joy. To pour His love into you. That you would know His love. Not just know about it, but you would experience it personally. That you would know the, the forgiveness that you have. Allow that, just, that love and that knowledge of forgiveness to fill your heart with joy. That you might have a deep and a profound sense of joy even in the midst of difficulties. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your compassion. We thank you for your forgiveness. And Father, we pray that you would pour your Holy Spirit into us afresh this morning. That you would fill us with your joy. The joy that comes from you. We thank you. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen.